You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to Off the Record, your Patreon exclusive Thunder Quack Podcast. I am your host. Michael Cohen. But hey, this one, this one's not Patreon exclusive. This one is everywhere. This one's for everyone. And the reason for that is because right now we are in the middle of the uh, Patreon pledge drive uh, over at patreon.com slash thunderquack. And, uh, and, and so I figured this would be a great opportunity, this podcast where I'm solo, uh, to take a second and talk to everyone and just update you on where we're at with the drive, uh, some of our plans, and I don't know, maybe I got a little special announcement in this one as well. But I, I, if you haven't heard yet, we're doing our pledge drive uh, this month, all month in February, and along with it, you've got a whole whack of bonus content uh, that has come out on the feed and that will be coming out on the feed. Um, so far we've got, uh, perfect 10 star Wars, a new hope with Amanda Conkin. So go check that out over on the perfect 10 feed. If you're not subscribed over there, we've got Epic Marvel podcast has done a, uh, Curtis has done a, a, a watch along of the first episode of earth's mightiest heroes. Um, so you can go and listen to that and get all of his insight into that. He's, he's such a, a, a source of knowledge on all of that. Marvel comics lore. So, uh, that's a great, that's a great bonus. Uh, and then yesterday, uh, we put up our bonus content, uh, for perfect 10 pop quiz, star Wars, a new hope, as well as Joe and I on the thunder crack podcast ranking all 151 original, uh, gen one Pokemon. And uh, it's a great episode. It's two hours of he and I just talking about Pokemon, hashing it out and, and putting together our definitive list. Um, so yeah, that's everything that's out so far. Uh, coming next week, we have rebel cells, young Jedi adventures, where I'll be sitting down with Kara and probably Cassie will pop in at some point to talk to you guys all about young Jedi adventures. As a matter of fact, new episodes drop tomorrow, so I think we'll probably watch those first, and then we'll record. So it'll be all about basically everything so far, but but I think really focused on the new episodes. So that one's going to be really fun. And then we've got Star Wars The Saga Continues Journey to Middle-Earth with Tim and Kyle, uh, and they're, they're taking a little detour from the galaxy far, far away to talk about one of their favorite other franchises, The Lord of the Rings. So um check that one out that that'll be coming next week on february 19th and then closing out the month we will have force perspectives it's a secret we still we're we're working on something and uh we're hoping that that you guys enjoy it uh so stay tuned for that but what i can tell you is that we will have the wampas layer podcast uh doing their uh uh new spotlight series so jason's gonna be um taking taking a, a a basically a solo look at um at certain things from star wars um and uh, and for this one it's a character spotlight on the character shmi skywalker so check that out um that one's gonna be really cool i'm really excited to see what jason's putting together for that 
And then uh, last but not least, there will be a bonus episode of Off the Record. And that bonus episode will be a listener's choice. So what that means is that if you are a patron, you can currently go over to patreon.com slash thunderquack. And there's a post where you can vote on, you know, from a variety of topics. And um, and and I will pick the top three um, by vote. And then and then I will talk about them. So, uh, yeah, if you're new to thunderquack. And um, I maybe maybe because we've just kind of revitalized the Thunderquack podcast feed, um, or if you've just learned about us via the Wampas layer coming and joining Thunderquack, then let me take a real quick second and just kind of tell you what Thunderquack is. So Thunderquack, in its current state, is a collective of podcasts and podcasters. Um, and, I uh, uh, we're basically focused on, you know, geeky entertainment stuff. So we've got a lot of star Wars shows. Uh, we have uh, some Marvel stuff and then, and then I do uh, a couple of shows that, that actually kind of are a little bit more general. Uh, they're not, I'm not general. It's still, we're still pretty geeky, but they, they run a, a, a much wider, uh, uh, scope of topics. So, um, one of those is perfect 10 and perfect 10 can really be anything. It's actually determined by our guests most of the time. And that, uh, is, is just basically a delve into different pop culture stuff. Um, whether it's a movie or a TV show, uh, we, we did an album recently with, with Carl Leclerc from Wampus Layer. We did John Mayer's continuum. Um, we've done, yeah, comic books, did I say that already? No. Yeah. Comic books, um, all sorts of stuff. So really anything pop culture and, and it is something that the guest considers to be a perfect 10. So, uh, perfect 10 is not necessarily objectively a perfect 10, you know, it's not objectively a 10 out of 10, but, but it is, you know, to, to our, to our guest and, and to a lot of our listeners, it is a masterpiece. So, um, go check out perfect 10. If you haven't checked that out, We've got some great stuff over there. Um, and then, like I said, the Thunderquack podcast, which uh, uh, you're on that feed right now, listening right now. So, um, yeah, if if you haven't checked out the other stuff, uh, definitely go do that. I mean, so here's the thing. We're in the middle of a of a transition period. We're in we're in flux. So I'm, I'm working behind the scenes on some stuff. And I and so. Right now, if you were to go to thunderquack.com, you'll see links to most of the, the podcasts, but um, like several of them live on thunderquack.com and then, and then several others, you know, live on their own websites as well. But, um, but, but like I said, we're in kind of in transition right now. I'm in the middle of, of moving some stuff around and trying to figure some stuff out. Now, one of the pieces of that is that this is funny because we had planned the pledge drive and then some things shifted for me. And when those things shifted for me, I was like, oof, we're already kind of, we're already kind of set on the pledge drive, but I'm going to call an audible here. I am actually going to add a tier to the pledge drive, um, a reward, which our first reward presently is at $250 a month. And at $250 a month, um, I'm going to start doing perfect 10 minutes, which is a, a, a 
companion show to perfect 10 which won't have guests it'll just be me and i'll you know scripted sort of uh going through um my perfect tens i i so that's the 250 dollars tier now we're a little ways away from that but what we are very close to hitting is 200 dollars a month now this is us this is us so if you're looking at it from one of the other sites i think i think maybe if you if you have it set to canadian dollars it already says that we're over 200 dollars a month but i'm talking about usd um we are currently sitting around 156 dollars a month and if we can get to 200 dollars a month then i will be taking thunderquack podcast and off the record weekly i this is something that i really really want to do but i do need your help uh you guys as as listeners whether you're a listener to the thundercrack podcast or you're already a patron really need to get it up to 200 dollars a month once we are at 200 dollars a month then it'll be official we'll be going weekly with both of those so i what that means is that Thunderquack podcast will essentially become a news show. I mean, it'll, it'll be the flagship show of Thunderquack and it'll be Joe and I every week. Um, unless Joe, Joe's schedule, you know, doesn't permit, but I will be there every week. Um, and, and, uh, and Joe for the most part has committed, um, as, as often as he can to be there as well. And if not, then I'll, then I'll, have guests and that sort of thing but uh it'll basically be a weekly geeky news podcast so we'll we'll run down the the latest news from the past week and talk to you guys about all of that stuff so i the reason why is just is is we've been having a really great time with that show um there's lots of stuff that we want to talk about on a regular basis and so it made sense to do that uh, the, the other thing is that, you know, um, I really want to take Thunderquack to the next level, to the next stage. Um, and, and to do that, I think that we really need to have that, that regular cadence, that weekly content. And the Thunderquack podcast is what makes the most sense for me. Um, I don't really think that with Star Wars, well, with Force Perspectives, that there's enough to justify Joe and I, uh, talking every week. Um, I, I, I find that some of the, you know, the weekly news shows, um, you know, I think that there are, there are some good ones, but for the most part, having to do weekly star Wars news means kind of having to make mountains out of molehills. Um, so I don't want to do that. I want to keep force perspectives, uh, in sort of the, the, this goofy place that Joe and I have got it right now. Um, just kind of doing like our, our lists, our, our top five of this and our top three of that and this top 10 and that sort of thing, which is really fun. Just us talking about our, our perspectives on star Wars. Um, and then with perfect 10, because I have to get a guest for every episode, it's just a lot to, to be doing it every week. And maybe one day we'll, we'll get there, um, when it's a little bit bigger and, 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 you know, I can pull from a, a, a larger pool of guests, but at the moment it's just tough. It's tough to schedule that. So what made the most sense was for us to just take Thunderquack podcast weekly. Uh, and then along with that for me to do what I'm doing right now every week with you guys, 
um, as, as opposed to doing it every four weeks and, and doing the Thundercrack podcast every four weeks. Uh, it also, I think, takes the Thundercrack membership on Patreon from uh, what I think was a good value with all of the content that we were giving you guys up to a very, very good value. Now your $5 a month is getting you no less than, um, than, you know, four early access episodes of Thunder Quack podcast and four exclusive episodes of, uh, off the record, which, which I think really kind of sweetens that a little bit. Um, and then you'll, you'll also get all of the other great bonus stuff that you're getting. And we've got, uh, you know, Curtis is going to keep going with the, the watch alongs. So that'll be an exclusive podcast. That's there. Um, Jason's going to do, uh, uh, the Wampus layer spotlights. Um, and those will be, those will be an exclusive on Patreon as well. They might be a timed exclusive at a certain point. So, so I guess that's early access, but, um, but it'll be more than like a week. It'll be, it'll be more than, than, than that sort of thing. I, but yeah, I, so if we can hit that $200 mark, then, then we can go weekly. I really want to do that. Um, I really, really need your guys' help to get us there. Now here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We can hit that like today. If everybody who's currently pledged at $1 from the old tier renews their pledge at five if ever if everybody who is currently sitting at that one dollar a month jumped over and and upgraded to the five dollar tier to the thunderquack membership that would easily easily put us over the 200 dollar mark actually it would get us pretty close to 250 i think um when i was doing the math that said if everybody who's currently listening to this for free were to jump over to patreon.com slash thunderquack, we would blow past that 250, probably get us very close to $300 a month. Um, if everybody who's sort of, you know, within the sound of my voice right now, if you jumped over there. And the best way that you can do it is to do the annual, which actually will knock it down instead of it being $5 a month. Again, these are all, this is all USD, right? And I think it converts based on your location, based on, on your currency. But uh, that $5 a month, it it knocks down to, if you do it on annual, it knocks it down to $54 for the year. So it basically takes uh, $6 off. Um, I, yeah, I guess 50 cents, 50 cents. So it's five fifty or four fifty a month. I, I, however that works. I don't know. Do the math. You guys do the math. I'm, I'm not here to do math on a podcast, but the point is that you will save, you'll save $6 over the course of the year. But what it, what it will do for Thunderquack is that it will allow me to, um, plan out the rest of the year a little bit better because those, that annual pledge all goes in right now and that that that'll all come out at once, um, like like it'll all get transferred from Patreon over to me all at once, which means that some of the stuff that I want to do, some of the moves that I want to make, um, switching some of our hosting, switching some of our our um, our recording platforms and stuff like that, 
I I can do I can purchase annual instead of doing monthly, and then um, it'll reduce the cost significantly, right? So so our our operating budget for the year will go down significantly. <clears throat> which means that that extra money I'll be able to put into other things. I'll be able to put it into um, a little bit of marketing and that sort of thing that I really want to do. As I've talked about before, doing more of the social media stuff, I, I being able to to put some some cash into that and then grow the audience, get bigger, more patrons, and then you know it's a snowball, right? So, um, I think that I I. If everybody, you know, just kind of, kind of looked at that, looked at, looked at your ability to do that and supported us there, then, um, it would make a big difference. It would make a huge difference. And I've got, I have, I've got, I've got plans. I've got some stuff that I'm working on. Um, and here I'll, I'll just tell you guys, I, if I can secure some stuff and figure some things out there's a bunch of stuff in the air right now with, with, uh, with, with my life, with my personal life. But if I can get this figured out and I can, I can nail down some sources of funding other than Patreon, um, um, as much as you guys are, are, are helping, you're basically, you know, the, the operating budget is covered. If I can, I'm looking at like grants and, and, uh, and some other funding and stuff like that in Canada here. Um, in order to basically be able to do Thunderquack full time, I so that way it would just be me at the beginning. Um, I can't, I don't know that I'll be able to figure out funding to, to you know, I, I justify everybody else being able to, to you know, I, I work for Thunderquack and that sort of thing, but. But I, I'm hoping that I will be able to, that that that's kind of my plan right now. I'll just be honest. The job market sucks, and uh, and and I've been throwing out resumes. I'm not gonna stop, but I've been throwing out resumes and 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 not getting a lot of traction. And um and then you know there's discouraging stuff. You're learning that uh, that something like eighty percent of the posts that go up on sites like LinkedIn and Indeed and Glassdoor and all of that they're actually bogus they're 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 not real jobs it's their uh, companies putting up jobs in order to uh, look like they're growing in order to keep investors happy and attract uh, new investors so um man it's just like the world is looking more and more grim as the days go on and I I would rather be in control of my own destiny, I think is sort of the way that I'm looking at it. And one of the ways that I can do that is by taking Thunderquack and, and being a little bit more serious about it, about the time that I'm putting into it and, uh, and, and what you guys are getting out of it, um, in order to, to not just, you know, provide you guys, the, the current listeners with more value and more content, but to hopefully attract a wider audience and, and, and get some more people in here and, and grow the community, grow the podcast, grow the business. Right. Um, so yeah, I, there's a bunch of stuff that I want to do, but in order to do it, I really need us to get to at least that $200 a month. Um, 250 a month would be really, really great. It would be fantastic if we could hit that. And then I can confidently, um, look at it and go, okay, you know, I mean, it's a, that doesn't begin to, to cover paying me a salary, obviously. 
but it does it does cover our monthly costs with enough extra that I can um, that I can justify spending some money and putting putting some money into into some of the other things that I want to do. Like I said, those annual subscriptions, those are going to go the, the the furthest because just a handful of those will allow me to to switch over some of our stuff and uh, and 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 get going on that um, and and do like I said do the annual subscriptions instead of month to month which will save us so much money as as a business um, and and really like set us up for for success for the rest of 2024 and free me up to be able to from then on funds that come in are more um, there's more for us to kind of play with right um, uh, on a month to month basis. So that's where we're at. That's, that's where I'm at. I, I, it's a, it's, is a big thing for me to tell you guys and announce this. Um, but, uh, but I'm really excited at the prospect of it and, and the possibility of it. So, you know, I, I, I'm kind of giving myself, you know, the next six months to sort of figure it out and see what's going on. And like I said, I'm like, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, you know, out there, you know, looking for, for work as a designer and I'll still be doing freelance stuff as well. Like that's still going to be a thing. Um, I, I, but I, but I'm actually kind of hoping that I can share some of that with you guys and, uh, and, and do some more stuff where, um, where I, I kind of take you along on some of those freelance and not every client's going to be open to that, but, but I think that some of them definitely will be open to the free marketing and publicity that comes along with, you know, I, I, me talking about their branding and, and, and design and, and the projects that I'm doing for them. So, um, yeah, lots of new content planned. If, if we can kind of get, some of this going I, I i have some other stuff that i want to do um and some of it is a little bit more along the lines of of sort of like live content i uh, and so that'll be like a twitch youtube tiktok sort of thing but again um in order to do some of these things uh, like what i i just a, I really need to know that I've got your guys' support, which which so far, you know, those of you who are supporting us on Patreon, it means so much to us. I uh, and 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 yeah, I, like like we couldn't be doing what we're doing already without you. But if I know, you know, uh, that that you guys are out there uh, backing us up, it's kind of that's what I need in order to to make this next jump and uh and do it properly right because there's there's there are costs associated there's equipment and and subscriptions and services and stuff like that that i really need to look into if i'm going to do it properly so uh yeah here i'll te i will tease one of the things i guess i kind of did because because doing live streams where i am working on either illustration or or you know graphic design stuff that's one thing that I'd like to start doing, um, and doing it sort of through the Thunderquack channels and that, and that, um, cause a lot of my clients are, are like my freelance stuff tends to be more of the geeky stuff anyways. So it kind of, it mixes well. Um, but one of the things that I really, really want to do is I want to start 
doing Lego live streams where I'm basically building Lego uh, on on the live and uh, and chatting with you guys and hanging out. Um, but in order to do that, I need a better camera setup. I mean, honestly, I really need a better computer. But I but but you know my 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 Surface Book is it'll it'll do for now. <laughs> it's it's doing the job for now. But um, you know, I really like to be able to upgrade that equipment. I but cameras are are I think like the the first expense that I really need to worry about. Um, and getting like a streaming setup. I, I all figure it out. And again, like that's, this is one of those things, the annual subscriptions are going to be so helpful with that. But even if we just get the monthly up, I can budget that I can look at it and go, okay, I can spend this money. Cause I know that we've got revenue coming in and all, and I'll be able to recover those costs. Right. Over the course of the next couple of months or whatever. So I can, I can afford to invest in some of that stuff. Um, that goes along with with one of our other goals. So so some of our other goals, two seventy five a month. I Curtis and I will bring back Cartoon Afternoon. Um, I finish up Ducktales season two at three hundred dollars a month. All of the podcasts will do another round of bonus episodes. So all of those bonuses that I mentioned before, all of those shows, they will have another bonus episode that'll go up at some point in twenty twenty four. So that's I think that that's a really great goal to be stretching towards at three hundred dollars a month, three twenty five a month. I uh, cartoon afternoon we will do Ducktales season three. Uh, so Curtis and I will finish off Ducktales, as many people have been asking for us to do. And at three hundred and fifty dollars a month, Joe and I will take Thunderquack podcast and uh, and Force Perspectives, and we will start doing those as video podcasts so so they'll be up on youtube they'll it'll also obviously still be available as an audio podcast but we will have the video component to it as well for those who want to hang out with us in that way so uh yeah that's that is all of the patreon stuff that's everything that's sort of like my life update along with it um and uh yeah it's a this is a this is a big it's a big risk it's a big uh leap um, that, that I want to take, but I feel confident in doing it because I, cause I've got you guys listening and hanging out and being a part of the community. Um, and I just, what I just want to do is make that community bigger. I want more people to get to experience what, what we get to experience as part of the Thunderquack community. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think that that's worthwhile and I want that, I want it to be self-sustaining and my full-time job, um, kind of at a point where it's like, if I'm going to do it, I should do it. Uh, and all of these things that I've been putting energy into that, that haven't necessarily been bearing fruit, I may as well do this one, you know, um, I, I, it was and and really honestly i i have crystal to thank for it because we were talking about stuff and she was kind of like yeah it w- i mean it, it would be great if you could go work for kind of funny which if you guys have been listening for any amount of time you know that i'm a huge fan of greg miller and the stuff that he does and i was like yeah of course yeah it would be great if i could get my dream job um and and i kind of laughed about it and then sat with it for a couple of days and went wait 
why, like, why can't I, you know, um, there are so many people out there that are, that are doing this and I, there's absolutely no reason why I shouldn't give it a shot. So the position that I'm in right now, I, I, I've got the time and I, I I don't know if you've noticed since the beginning of February, I've been putting a lot more effort into, um, uh, I mean, obviously it's the pledge drive, so that was going to happen regardless, but, but, um, but that shift kind of having that permission, giving myself that permission to make this my focus, my primary focus, I, it's, it's really changed a lot of what I think like the potential for Thunderquack is. So if you've been following us on social media, if you, you may have noticed that there's been some cool stuff. I mean, if you go over to our Instagram, um, if you go follow us on our new TikTok account, uh, you'll, you'll see that I've been doing reaction videos to trailers. So I did one for the, for the Knuckles trailer for the new Knuckles series. Um, I also did one over the weekend, um, I, for, you know, the, the, the Deadpool and Wolverine trailer that was just released as well as the new kingdom of the planet of the apes trailer. So that's going to be a regular thing now. And, and again, this is stuff that like I'm doing it with the stuff that I've got with the equipment that I've got. And, and I have, I have enough electronics lying around here that I can, I can manage, but with your guys's help, I think I can take that and, and, you know, get it up to that professional level that I think that it needs to be at in order to grow uh, thunder quack and, and, you know, get us in front of more eyes and more people and grow that audience, grow the community. So um, I'm going to, I'm going to cut it there. Cause we're at like half an hour and I've just been talking about Thunderquack and Patreon. Uh, and I'm going to get into the topic for this episode, which you guys have been waiting to hear. And that topic is masters of the universe revolution, uh, which is kind of, it's the second season, but kind of the third season of, of the Kevin Smith, Netflix, he man show. So, um, I think I talked about masters of the universe, revelation when it when it first dropped when the when the first batch of episodes dropped i i think i think that might have been an off the record i may have just talked about it on the thunderquack podcast it's so hard to remember that was such a long time ago i i mean it's over it's like two years ago i i love what they did with revelation this sort of it's not even really a reboot it's a continuation of the original series but um it kind of like jumps in at a certain point and then deviates and and is its own story um obviously updated obviously more modern and and for a much different audience now most of the stuff that gets rebooted you know, like they do a reboot and I get a little bit annoyed when it's sort of like this adult grittier, darker version of it. But He-Man is one of those things where the original series, I, it, as much as I love it, it, the, the subject matter didn't match the audience, like the, the, and, and the restrictions that, that, that creates. Right. So He-Man is sword and sorcery. It's Conan, the barbarian. It's, it's, uh, you know, that sort of, um, uh, dungeons and dragons, magic and technology mixed together. Right. 
uh, like that's the setting. But but in the old cartoon, the original cartoon, they kind of had to hold back on a lot of stuff because of the the rules about what you could and couldn't show in a kids show back then. So if you ever go back and watch, you'll notice that He Man never hits anybody. He never actually hits anybody. Meaning that he never makes contact, right? Um, he will punch at the screen and then there will be a flash and then you'll see bad guys flying across the screen, right? And he very rarely used his sword as a sword, more often than not used it as either a bat or a lever. Uh, so he'd either like, you know, somebody would be throwing a boulder at him and he would take the, the power sword and he would hit the sword and hit the, the boulder and it would either shatter or bounce back and do something else, hit the bad guys or whatever. Right. Um, sort of making it that, you know, this was their own thing, you know, used against them to get around some of that violence stuff or he'd be, you know, bad guys down below and he'd stick his sword in underneath yet another boulder and, and use it to sort of pry that out and, and drop that on top of the bad guys. Um, but never as a sword sword, I, I maybe occasionally clashing with another sword, but like very briefly, um, I, and not, not really, uh, it was sort of the power sword was just sort of the conduit to, to turn him into He-Man and, and to turn Cringer into Battle Cat. But with the new series, with this one, like I said, I usually get a little bit grumpy when it's like you take a kid's property and you reboot it and you make it for adults. Um, but but this time with He-Man, it just it it was right I, I, and I don't necessarily think that it's made for adults. I think it's just made for an older audience and I think it's a more appropriate audience. I think it's sort of that, that, you know, uh, boys aged sort of 13 and up. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, there is, there is enough meat on the bones for adults like myself, uh, especially ones who are fans of the original series to, to get a lot out of it. Um, and so Revelation was great, focused on Tila. Uh, uh, Adam slash He-Man was, was sort of sidelined. Not sort of, I mean, he was sidelined. He gets killed in the first episode and, uh, and, and then, you know, is, is eventually restored by the end of it. But, uh, but it was really focused on Tila and her journey in discovering her, her parentage and the fact that she is, uh, you know, destined to become the next sorceress. So where we leave revelation and we jump into revolution, everybody's sort of, it's the new status quo, right? Everybody knows that Adam is He-Man now. It's not a secret anymore. Um, Skeletor has sort of been defeated, but we don't know where he's gone. I, uh, uh, evil Lynn has switched sides. She's now a good guy and she's, you know, uh, doing her penance. Um, Orko died and came back from the dead. Uh, he man came back from the dead. Tila is now the sorceress. And I, I, we kind of start off with an adventure, um, right at the beginning with he man and, and his, his crew, I. Uh, seeking to to rescue the souls of uh what is is it fist i think it's fistor and uh, clamp i can't i can't remember the other i think i think the other character's name is clamp uh it's claptrap no claptrap's a bad 
guy in something else, I think. Anyways, I think Claptrap, is that a G.I. Joe bad guy? I don't know. All these names are so similar. Everybody's kind of got the same gimmicks. But I... In any case, you know, he's going down to, to Subternia to deal with Scareglow and, and get the souls back of, of those those heroes. Because in the fallout of Revelation, Praternia, which was sort of the heaven, the Valhalla, right, of, of Eternia, of the He-Man world, was destroyed. So... Um, the, their plan is to, is to go rescue these souls, but also like Tila's trying to figure out how to bring back, uh, Praternia, how to restore Praternia. And that's sort of the, the, the beginning of the, the sort of the driving thrust of, I mean, that's really Tila's storyline for the season. Um, but then He-Man's is affected by, we learn very quickly that, that King Randor is dying. Um, and he actually does die. He dies. He dies very quickly uh, in the story. And uh, and so now He-Man is forced to make a choice. Will he, you know, serve the kingdom as Adam, uh, the the new king uh, of Eternos of Eternia, right? Um, or will he be the champion, He-Man, because he can't be both. And I I. So, you know, at first it's sort of the decision to, to be the king, to, to take up his father's mantle. But then uh, we throw a wrench into the works and from the shadows returns a, a, a familiar face to He-Man fans. But if you're new to the franchise, um, th- this would have been a bit of a surprise. I guess spoilers from here on out. This is all the first episode so far. Spoilers for Revolution from here on out. Um but Keldor reappears, Randor's long lost brother. Now, for those who didn't know, I think this might have been an interesting uh, wrench to throw into it and be like, okay, Keldor, he's Randor's brother. What does that mean? All of this, and it's it's very intriguing. So he 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 steps in as the Keldor Keldor being Randor's older brother, um, being the true heir to the crown. And so He-Man is able to sort of step down. Adam is able to step down and, and you know, give that, that role to Keldor, who seems to be well-suited to it. He's kind of saying all the right stuff, right? Um, now, there are two things that should have tipped everybody off that something more was going on here. Keldor's skin is blue. <laughs> he's uh, he's from a different part of Eternia. Um, uh, oh, I can't, remember what's, I can't remember right now the name of their their race but um he's from he's from a, another another area and they're more like technology focused um but also uh he's voiced by william shatner now it's it's a it is you do have to do this math you do have to sit back and think about it for a little bit in order to get there but if you did for any amount of time Kevin Smith, right? So there's there's meta narrative going on here. So Keldor being voiced by Shatner, he has Mark Hamill doing the voice of Skeletor. Obviously, these two are the figureheads. They are the icons of the two biggest sci-fi franchises in in pop culture history, right? Star Wars and Star Trek. The 
He-Man fans who know the backstory of Keldor, like I said, spoilers, are immediately putting this together. Now, I, I, I think it was the second episode. There's only five episodes, I think. So it's the second episode. It moved pretty quick. I was sitting there watching it, and Crystal was kind of around. Um, she wasn't watching it. But she was just kind of, like, I think, uh, sitting on the couch next to me doing some work, and I was watching. And uh, I, as I'm watching, I'm like, uh, I'm telling her, I'm get, filling her in on this, this, because I think that it, like, even if you're not a fan of He-Man watching the show, that you can still appreciate the gag that is Shatner and, and Hamill in the same series, right, together. And I'm going, I'm saying to her, like, I don't know, I don't know where they're going with this. I mean, like, in the old stuff, Keldor is Skeletor, <laughs> I, and it would be crazy if they did that, but we also like, we've got some Hordak stuff going on. Excuse me. Um, we've got Hordak stuff going on, but we haven't heard anything about Adora, right? About She-Ra. And it like, if they get all the way through this dealing with Hordak and we don't get even a hint of She-Ra in all of this, uh, and not to mention this Keldor stuff, like long lost brother of Randor, uh, you know, uh, Adora being Adam's long lost sister. Uh, you know, it's it's like there's there's too much going on here t- for this to not come up uh, for, for uh, like like I don't I don't I don't know where they're going with this. It's really weird that, you know, it's not that Keldor is not Skeletor. And then Crystal kind of went, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm like, cause, cause, cause Mark Hamill and William Shatner, it's like, like two sides of the same coin. She got up and she left. She went, I think she went to bed. Cause I think it was late at night and I just wanted to watch a couple episodes. Um, and she got up and like five minutes after she got up, there's a flashback scene that shows Adora being taken by Hordak. Uh, and, uh, and then by the end of the episode, you know, once Keldor is crowned king, we get the reveal that Skeletor is posing as Keldor, right? And that um, Motherboard was posing as Skeletor, as Skeletech, actually. Um, the upgraded, uh, uh, Horde Tech upgraded version of Skeletor. Um, and they had put on like a whole show of fighting one another in order to ingratiate Keldor with Adam and, and take the crown. Uh, and so we, it is revealed that Skeletor is in fact Keldor. At which point I was like, huh, interesting. That's an interesting take. This is an interesting take. So Keldor is Randor's brother. Okay. That's the way that it should be. And then it's like, okay, so I, uh, Skeletor is pretending to be Keldor. That's a that's a cool twist on the classic. And then in basically the next episode, you find out no no. Keldor is Skeletor. Skeletor is Keldor. That Hordak, when he um, after Keldor was uh, was banished from from the kingdom, uh, he uh, he he sought out more power and that sort of thing and, and found Hordak and Hordak turned him into Skeletor, but in the process used his magic to basically wipe his memory um, and implant false memories that Skeletor has always sort of been this being um, uh, born of magic, you know, sort of whole cloth um, and not originally a man who, who became Skeletor with a past. 
uh, the reveal was fantastic. It is perfect. I love it. I love it so much. And then the the ensuing chaos that it brings as Skeletor realizes what Keldor has done to him. And I uh, and and then you know wants wants to sorry did I say what Keldor what Hordak has done to him as Keldor right uh, it's what he's taken from him what has been taken from him uh, you know in in terms of his birthright uh, uh, with Eternos and and uh, and all of that I uh, and so you know slowly all of this is I mean not that slowly it's all revealed to He Man as well he discovers the truth. Um, and, and the, you know, the, the chaos ensues, the fighting ensues, but Skeletech manages to, we think mortally wound, uh, take down Hordak, Hordak voiced by, uh, David Keith, uh, uh, David Keith, Keith David, um, also known as the voice of Goliath from Gargoyles and many other things, you know, he's also in community. I, I, yeah the perfect voice the perfect voice for hordak my god so good and i uh, i so we kind of get a little bit of a twist there and it's like huh that's interesting like we're gonna get we're gonna deal with hordak that quick now like hordak is bigger than hordak because there's also horde prime which is where hordak gets his source like his power source right like that's the true like that's the true threat is horde prime but Horde Prime not being able to really affect much in the uh, in in Eternia um, and needing to use or or even I I um, oh what's the why can't I think of it what's the world that Shira is on because she's on a different planet as if there's not like a whole series and Shira is I like Shira more than He Man I've said this a million times I grew up watching like I, because I was younger. Um, my, my oldest brother was a He-Man fan. And then, you know, I was sort of the right age for, for when She-Ra was on. So I was always more into She-Ra and those characters than, um, than He-Man specifically, because that was what was on TV at the time. Um, also She-Ra's got a better transformation and you know, it's so good. Her, her transformation is so good. Um, 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 I can't believe that I'm blanking on this. I'm just going to bring up she-ra on wikipedia oh man what planet does that take place on it's a different one it's not eternia it's 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 uh king randor and queen uh, white uh, blah blah he kidnapped etheria thank you thank you wikipedia there we go etheria um anyways back into all of it i i yeah, Horde Prime needs Hordak to in order to sort of like enact his stuff. Now, uh, Princesses of Power um, did it a different way. Like there were multiple sort of like minions of, of Horde Prime and, and uh, you know, different versions of Hordak. And that's sort of how they they figured that one out. If you haven't watched She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, go check it out. It Listen, it's a bit of a slow burn because the first season is really just kind of I, uh, I, uh, some pretty standard stuff, some pretty standard sort of, sort of, uh, uh, tween adventure, uh, cartoon stuff, but it, it gets into it as the season goes, series goes on. Um, and it, it, the lore gets pretty intense. 
Um, I love it. It was such a good show. It was such a good show. I should probably revisit it. I think Kara might finally be at the right age for it because when it was on, I think she was a little bit too young. Um, so, so maybe now is the time to jump back into it, but, um, I, they, they had a different approach. I, uh, and I think that's one of the reasons why they've been so reluctant to bring She-Ra into the new stuff with with uh, Revelation and Revolution. But we're going there, obviously, uh, uh, if 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 there is, in fact, a part two of Revolution. I'm really hoping that what we get is like like Revelation part one and two, Revolution part one and two, and then a third thing, part one and two. Right. Because Revolution part two will definitely be you know, Hordak coming back because the, the reveal at the end of the season is that Hordak is not dead. So Hordak coming back with Adora and Adora being like his general. Right. Um, and, and, and he man needing to rescue his sister. Like, so that like, we'll discover the truth about Adora and, and it'll be, it'll be about saving her and not about defeating Hordak. And then season three, or series a series that whatever the the last one would be it would be fantastic if they if they made it a one two of like we're dealing with hordak but we've also got the snake men like have the snake men come in as well um because it would be really great to get the snake men as adversaries but then eventually turned in order to defeat hordak and horde prime because they're the bigger threat to eternia because the snake men i i have a rightful place uh in 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 eternia right um but hordak is from another world so he's sort of the interloper there uh yeah i it, it, that's what i would like to see but um getting back into revolution part one let's call it i yeah, I, the, having having hordak sort of taken down was a bit of a surprise, but then obviously revealed at the end of the season not to really be the end. Um, which, which I mean, I was like, you can't, you can't. I mean, like, what a what a waste, what what a what a waste to 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 bring in this great voice actor and to get rid of this character so fast. But obviously, you know, Kevin Smith was way ahead of me on that one. I. On the uh, but over on the hero side, so so that's sort of like all that bad guy stuff, right? Um, over on the hero side, you've got uh, sorceress Tila wanting to to restore Paternia. In order to do that, she needs the power not just of of uh, Koa, I think is which is the bird god, because I uh, Eternia has three gods. It's got the um, um, Koa which is the, like the light you've got, uh, I, the Ram, which is the source of havoc. And then you have the, the snake, which is, which is sort of the, like the, the, um, uh, sort of like a dark reflection. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a, it's this interesting Trinity that they have going on and she needs all three. She needs the power of all three right now. She's just got, you know, the, 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 the sorceress is, power which is what grayskull um was sort of fueled by but in order to restore paternia she needs all three of these creator deities power sources um so she's on a journey she's gotta she's gotta get first the uh the the snake 
the the power of the snake god um and so she goes to a dragon to do that and and uh and that's all awesome and then and then i I love it because so much of this is just to um just to resolve some of the different like action figure designs because tila had like this snake armor but then later on it's like the snake men were introduced as bad guys so it was like what's that about and then there was like a a version of tila because they just had like like alternate versions of characters like just they're just action figures right but there's no real story to tie it all together um but there was like this green skinned snake version of tila so they brought that in basically like when she gets that ability she transforms into that version of the sorceress and then um and then when she takes the havoc staff from skeletor she becomes like the havoc sorceress and then brings all three together along with adam uh who who uh you know calls down the power and i and they kind of merge together um their powers like like all of this power source from her and and his power source and um and uh alongside this you know in order to do it in order in order to to um um because grayskull gets destroyed uh by uh motherboard and and skeletor um on behalf of you know i i i hordak and all that um with his but actually i mean like it's kind of i think was it like hordak's army that was able to do in any case like like that that kind of happens or i guess they don't destroy grayskull they take over grayskull with motherboard's power so it's like becomes technology or whatever um I've only watched through it once and I need, I want to watch through it again. I was actually probably go back and I'll start from the beginning. I'll watch all of it. Um, there's not, it's not that much. Like there, the, the episodes are, are fairly short and, uh, and there's only like, I think five in each part. So right now we're at 15 episodes, but, uh, oh, it's all so good. Um, but in order to access the power, I, I, he man sends the power sword off with Orko uh, and man at arms to to be basically upgraded by an old friend. That old friend is Gwildor, a character from the movie, from the live action Masters of the Universe film, which is not canon to He Man. Um, and Gwildor never showed up in the show, as far as I'm aware. I don't think that he ever did. Uh, but Gwildor was basically like they couldn't do Orko because Orko is like uh, this floating. He's basically a floating wizard hat and cloak um, with like no face. He's just got eyes. We never we can, we never see his actual face. Um, he's got no legs. He just floats. He's just arms and uh, and a cloak and a hat with eyes. Uh, and so they weren't able to do that in the 80s when they made the live action movie. So they changed the character of Orko into Gwildor uh and Gwildor is a locksmith uh but uh he's like an interdimensional locksmith and he creates a device that allows He-Man and as well as Skeletor and his minions to travel to Earth now like this is the thing there's a lot of stories like this there's a lot of like 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 movies and stuff like that that um you know, adapted from a cartoon or a video game or whatever, where it's like, oh, we got to go to Earth, Earth, like our world, Earth. And that's to like keep budgets down and stuff like that. The thing about about the He-Man lore is that Queen Marlena, He-Man's mother, is from Earth. She's not from Eternia. She's she's a human from Earth. 
And so Earth exists in the in the story of He-Man, in the story of Masters of the Universe. So it's not a stretch to take that story from the movie and it is what it is and it's you know it's got its own style and aesthetic and it changes up a lot of the stuff but it you there is enough in masters of the universe to tie it back into he-man um and and to resolve that without having to like go into detail right like like they don't stop and explain what parts of the movie are canon and what parts aren't it doesn't matter it's it's irrelevant to the story just if you know Gwildor, if you know that story, then now you know that that adventure happened. And it may have happened slightly different in this version than it did in, in the Dolph Lundgren, uh, Frank Langella version. But I, but it did happen. And Gwildor does exist, and he is part of it. So Gwildor is now going to, uh, to upgrade the Power Sword. And uh, that's going to help with the whole Praternia thing. And so after... Uh, Tila gets all of these powers it's like basically she can't control it it's too much right um, and and she's trying to, to restore Praternia um, in the midst of you know Skeletor attacking and, and, and Hordax forces coming to Eternia and all of this stuff is going on utter chaos right and and it seems like all hope is lost and, and the kingdom like the castle the palace is being destroyed by all of this and He-Man takes this new power sword uh, he, he, it, it upgrades him into a spanking new outfit. I mean, like there was a point where, where he wears the battle armor. I, I, that, um, um, oh, uh, Andra had, had made him the battle armor, which is like a classic look. It's a, it's one of the classic figures where he's got the, the chest piece that spins around and has the battle damage and all that. One of my favorite figures from when I was a kid. Um, so he gets the battle armor, which is, which is awesome. But then he gets the new power sword and upgrades and he becomes basically like an amalgam of classic He-Man and the masters of the universe live action Dolph Lundgren version. So he's got the longer hair tied back, um, which they had sort of, it's also an allusion to King Grayskull, um, I, to his design. But I, uh, yeah, up, upgrades him. Uh, and then he's able to use this new upgraded power sword to uh, give Tila the power. And that's, you know, it's, it's able to, oh, I get They were, they were upgrading the power sword so that He-Man could use it to restore everybody that had been affected by motherboards circuitry thing like this like, like virus that was like turning them into weird uh uh zombie robot people um which is great i uh, like the stakes were super high uh but he had used the the power sword by himself to to just restore one person but it was like what well, we can't go person by person it, it's impossible so they uh, that's why they were upgrading the power sword that's right um, and then along with it, I mean, they're upgrading the power sword so that we can get a new version of He-Man. So we can get a new figure that I definitely have to buy. Um, which I'm going to, you know, I'm going to need your guys' help. You guys got to support us. Patreon.com slash Thunderquack so that I can go buy new action figures. I, <laughs> um, it's okay. I'll do an unboxing video. It, it's, it'll, it'll, it'll be for the podcast. I, I, but yeah, so they like, like then basically Adam uses the power sword in the same way that he does with 
Cringer turning him into Battle Cat to share the power with Tila. And that like Tila is then able to to sort of amalgamate the these three power sources into into a single thing. And she upgrades uh and has this great new outfit. And he's got his great new outfit. And then there's been like the subplot all throughout of like, when are the two of you just going to admit? It's from like the beginning of the, the season. It's like, when are you guys going to admit that you guys are in love with each other? Just just smooch already. Um, and uh, and they do like it. Like that's basically like so it ends with that. And then He-Man fights Skeletech. And uh, or maybe this happens before. I don't remember what happens first, but they restore Paternia. He-Man fights with Skeletech, and instead of destroying him, because Skeletor actually, like, upgrades from Skeletech into, like, what is he, he gets, like, the power as well, or something like that, I can't remember. He, he uses his magic, and he, like, basically merges his magic with his new, like, tech body, and he becomes both, um, which is what He-Man has also done. He's taken the power sword and Gwildor has added technology to it. And that's sort of his upgrade. So they've both managed to sort of balance the, the power with technology and, um, and that's given them these, these incredible like new designs. And so they fight or whatever, but then He-Man uses his newfound power to restore Keldor basically stripping uh, Skeletor of his magic, stripping him of the technology and just making him a man again. Um, which like, listen, if, if, if you, if you like me are a fan of what the force and the stuff that Marie Claire Gould talks about over there. Um, and you know, I, I, any of the hero's journey type stuff uh, Ty over on wit and folly also talks about this a lot missy who's been on on a bunch of our podcasts on thunder quack perfect 10 and 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 that uh, as well as she's a regular contributor over at what the force um they the three of them talk about it all the time of like like you know destroying evil isn't the isn't sort of the path forward you need to you need to heal right that's that's really like like eating your shadow is 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 sort of the the nomenclature of it the the Campbellian nomenclature you have to eat your shadow and he-man has gone through these trials and tribulations and i i come out the other side um and instead of destroying skeletor as i think most of us would expect he heals him restores him back to keldor and well, like such a great way to cap that off. I mean, revelation, we got the restoration of, and the healing of evil Lynn. So she's just Lynn now. Um, and then, and then in this one in, in revolution, we get the restoration of Keldor and uh, I couldn't be more perfect. So, um, yeah, I mean like, like it's just, just fantastic. Uh, way to end it and so he i mean he's in the dungeon he's locked up but but i uh, maybe in the next season he'll have a chance for um for for some atonement um through action not through sacrifice and i uh, i you know he'll be helpful in the fight against hordak um and and maybe you know keldor will be able to take his rightful place at some point but uh, all of this happens. Tila and He-Man are now 
smoochy smoochy uh which is the other like it's like both of these things get to happen it's fantastic we uh, love is what wins love is what saves the day it's what restores paternia um and in doing so um in in the process of this uh randor's soul is given a place to rest uh, uh the other heroes that that were destroyed um uh, in in revelation they they get up like their their reward their valhalla and all of the the um the denizens of Praternia, the heroes that had fallen before grayskull and among others uh they all get restored as well because we thought that when Praternia was destroyed that they were that their souls would be lost forever as well but they're not everything is restored it's all put back to back the way that it should be the end of masters of the universe revolution is what the end of rise of skywalker should have been from a from a a symbolic sort of hero's journey perspective if you're completing the entirety of the the skywalker saga that's what it should have been restorative not destructive not destroying palpatine and and the 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 first order or what, what does he call it? The final order, right? Um, it should have been Palpatine should have been restored, right? He should have been healed. And, and, and it's, it's wild. Cause they set it all up. They set it all up and then they do it with Kylo restoring Ben. And then she should have healed Palpatine as well. And that would have that, that, and, and, and the biggest symbolic thing that they could have done is to bring back Alderaan. They like that would have been that would have been the thing is bring back Alderaan and all of the people and and you go like but but how good it's the force you guys it's magic and and it would have been so meaningful it would have been incredible right um but I they didn't have the guts to do it yet Masters of the Universe Kevin Smith did i i can't imagine i i would love to talk to him about it i'm gonna put it on my bucket list and put it out into the universe i would love to have a conversation with kevin smith about the thought process of of the end of revolution part one um and why they went that route um i would love to know if it actually is a response to the sort of weak ending of the Skywalker saga with rise of Skywalker. Kevin Smith has said a million times that he would never make a star Wars movie. Cause it's not like they, or a Marvel, like that, that's not his thing. I honestly think that he should, he should be given the keys. Um, I think, I think that, that he, like what he's done with masters of the universe over these, these sort of three mini seasons, um, as the showrunner, as the executive producer on that shows me that like, he really gets it. He really does. And, um, you know, his movies are his movies and they, they have their own sort of, uh, quirk and charm to them in, in their own way that makes them very, a very different sort of thing from this, but you give him, cause they're not very classical stories. They are underneath you have to dig a little bit, but and, and it's all there. It's all underpinned with the same stuff that like George Lucas would use in his storytelling, right? Because Kevin Smith obviously a student of George Lucas, and Lucas a student of of Campbell. Um, 
and I'm sure that Kevin Smith at this point now I am positive that Kevin Smith has has studied that stuff. I wonder how much of it is him and how much of it is his writer's room and but you know he put together the writer's room. So um I yeah, that's why like I would love to have that conversation with him. I would love to talk to Kevin Smith in depth about how this all came to be. Now, I feel like that's a conversation that is better suited for once it's all done. Um, so once, you know, I, and it feels like we're halfway through. So, um, you know, it's a, that's a few years away, but it is a conversation that I think at least that's a bucket list conversation for me. I, I, but I'll put that out into the, into the universe that, that, that I would love to talk to Kevin Smith (laughs) about masters of the universe. Nothing else. I don't need to talk to him about anything else. As much as I love his other movies, dogma is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and it is definitely my favorite Kevin Smith movie, but I, but what he's done with Motu is like so far beyond that. And he, he gave me everything I could have ever dreamed of in this season, uh, with Gwildor and Orko together, merging that, like those stories, bringing it all into one. And then this ending just so incredible, so meaningful. Uh, I would love nothing more than to, to to chat with him at length about all of it um but i mean we still got more to go because we got to bring adora back we shira has to come into it all of those characters we need them we need them guys it has to happen now who are you going to get to voice adora this is the big question who do you get to, to who do you get to voice adora i think there was a point in time where maybe it would have it would have gone a different way. Sarah Michelle Geller voiced Tila in the first season. I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was like scheduling or if it was the fallout from that first season because she got a lot of of negative attention. Now I think that it always um, it's always disproportionate. Like the response is disproportionate to or not the response the 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 effect is disproportionate to the number of people actually complaining. I think the majority of people watching these shows actually really, really liked them. Um, and everybody that I've talked to that's a, that's a masters of the universe fan has been like, yeah, awesome stuff. Um, but there was such a vocal contingent that were so mad about he man being killed. And then, you know, Tila being the lead character and all of that stuff that I can't imagine. It was very much fun for Sarah Michelle Geller. Um, and so it's entirely possible that that's one of the reasons why she didn't come back. That sucks if that's the case. Like, I hate that. It makes me so upset if that's the case because she was so good. But Melissa Benoist as Tila in season two, also great. I mean, Supergirl, right? Um, the funny thing there is that Melissa Benoist uh, and... Um, um, man, I brought up the INDB for a reason. I, I, and I should have really like reviewed it before, before I started recording, but I, 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 man, Chris Wood, geez, Louise, I, they are, they are together. I, and, um, I believe they're, I'm pretty sure they're married. Uh, yeah. Cause I think they have kids. Um, but they were also together on, uh, Supergirl. She was Supergirl and he was Monel, and, I. Uh, they were fantastic their chemistry was so good on that so them being together here i mean perfect um but i think there was a in another in another world it would have 
Melissa Benoist maybe would have ended up voicing Adora, which would have been weird. It would have been weird for her to play He-Man's sister, you know, alongside her husband. Um, but yeah, so I, I just, I, I rack my brain. Who, who do, who do you get to come in and join this group to voice Adora? Um, I mean, like the cast as it is right now is just so incredible because you've got, like I said, Melissa Benoist as as Tila. You've got Liam Cunningham from Game of Thrones as Duncan. Mark Hamill as Skeletor. Uh, William Shatner as Keldor, the 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 other side of him. Stephen Root is Cringer, which I think is such a such a, a left field casting choice, but so good. Especially Cringer has some great moments in this season. Um, Chris Wood as He Man. Tiffany Smith as as Andra. Um, Gates McFadden played Queen Marlena in this season. Um, Alicia Silverstone played her in the first season. So that, that was an interesting one. I actually quite like the upgrade here of Gates McFadden coming in from, from Star Trek next generation. I, I coming in and playing Queen Marlena, Lena Hetty as evil Lynn. I haven't even really talked that much about evil Lynn in this season, but evil Lynn helps Tila. She's they're sort of off on their adventure together. Um, and uh, she's got a great arc in this in this season as well. And Lena Headey, just so good. But I'm a fan of Lena Headey from before Game of Thrones because I loved her so much in um, Sarah Connor Chronicles and then uh, also in Dread. Uh, she was so good in that. Like I mentioned, Keith David as Hordak. Uh, uh, Meg Foster, who played Evelyn in Masters of the Universe, came into this to play Motherboard. Um, which was so great. Uh, John Delancey, another Star Trek alum, uh, coming in to play Grandimir, that dragon that I talked about. And uh, and Diedrich Bader uh, voices several characters, but King Randor, chief among them. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm Grey Griffin coming in at the last minute in the sort of post credits to to voice Despara. So we'll we'll definitely be hearing more from her uh, in the next season. Um, but yeah, who do, who do you get who do you get to come in and play Adora? I'm gonna I'm actually gonna continue on with the Supergirl track with this one. Go with me. I think that this could work. If we look at the Supergirl cast, we've definitely got somebody who could come in and play I think because the thing here's what we have to remember is that Adora in this context is going to come in as a bad guy first and then and then become a hero by the end of it. And so I'm going to throw out two options, actually, from the Supergirl cast. At first, I was thinking more along the lines of She-Ra. I was thinking uh, Kyler Lee also from Grey's Anatomy, who played Alex uh, Danvers, Kara's sister. But now that I'm looking, Katie McGrath, who played Lena Luthor, that could even be more fun. That could be more fun because I think that she would actually do a very good job of playing the bad the bad guy version of Adora. Horde Action General. Uh, yeah, either one of them. Either one of them can come in so we'll see we'll see if i'm right because like this is the thing is that kevin smith went and he and he 
directed a bunch of episodes of Supergirl and became friends with all these people. And that's why there's so many of them sort of making their way into, into masters of the universe. Um, that's that's how Chris Wood became he man. Right. I, I, and then eventually Melissa Benoist coming in and, and doing that as well. I would love to see some more of these actors show up in, in masters of the universe. I would love to see McCod Brooks and David Harewood show up. Jesse Rath, um, who played Brainiac actually really great as Brainiac. Um, on Supergirl. Um, yeah, man. I, I, interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, Sam Witt were also on this list of actors from Supergirl. And I believe that Kevin Smith directed him at some point. Um, having Whitwer come in and do a voice would be fantastic as well. Cause Sam Whitwer is, is so great. The thing about bringing in Etheria and, and uh, She-Ra is that we bring in a whole other cast of characters as well. Right. Because we bring in everybody from, from that world. So I don't know if that'll be the next, the next part, or if that's like when I talk about, you know, there being a third piece to this puzzle of revelation revolution, and then um, uh, whatever the third one would be something else starting with R E. I'm sure Kevin already knows. Um, he's already got it planned out. But I, yeah, that I think at that point, then you'd be bringing in characters like Bo, and uh, I and 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 the others uh, from from the the Etheria side of things from the from the Shira side of the universe. I I'm just gonna say it right now. I actually I actually think that Sam Witwer would make an excellent Bo. I because uh, he's got to have the mustache. Like I love I don't get me wrong. I love Bo from Princesses of Power. It's a very different version of the character. But like th- this Motu series has been much more um, true to the original He-Man stuff. So uh, in that respect, I mean, and they have switched stuff up. Grayskull they they completely changed. Um, wait, was Maybe David Harewood's already in there. Cause was David Harewood Grayskull? Maybe maybe he was. He might have been Lord Grayskull. Uh let me look. Let me let me I now I need to now I need to double check that. Cause I think that that is actually the case. Did we hear from I don't know if we got to hear Grayskull showed up, but I don't know if he spoke. Um, because like sort of the spirit of Grayskull showed up to help He Man and everybody at the end of the season. Um uh let me let me just navigate here for one second masters of the universe revelation and see because i think that he i i want to say that he did that he was that he was the voice of that character uh 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 who do we got here who do we got here where's grayskull i don't see grayskull i'm gonna have to go into um and we had Phil Lamar as Hero. I'll bring Hero back somehow. Um, um, who was Gray Skull? Who was the voice of Gray Skull? Come on. Well, I'm not seeing David Harewood in here. No, it wasn't. Okay, Dennis Haysbert. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I. I think I think I I very similar vibes, very similar vibes. Um, they've both got that sort of like deep, gravelly voice, a lot of a lot of gravitas. Um, so yeah, Dennis Haysbert was the voice of of Grayskull uh, in in Revelation. Um, so you know, 
that means that we've still got an opportunity. We've got an opportunity to bring David Harewood in uh, I, from uh, Supergirl, uh, J- John Jones, uh, Martian Manhunter. Um, uh, yeah, okay. Hmm. I, I think that's it. I think I've talked as much about Revolution as I wanted to. I think I've talked about everything. I hit all the notes that I wanted to on that. I loved it. I loved it so much. I... Uh, it, you know this whole journey of of this new uh, masters of the universe series has been so great but um i mean i think more than anything it's it's i the thing is is that revelation part two dropped literally the same day that my dad died <laughs> so i came home from dealing with that um, having been woken up at three o'clock in the morning and, and then dealing with that, I came home, got home, uh, it was like seven or eight in the morning. And, um, before I went to sleep, uh, I sat down and I watched a couple of episodes of it. And, uh, and so it, it, uh, did I watch, I think I watched a couple episodes and then I slept for a couple hours and then I got up and I finished watching it. That was sort of what I had done that day. That was, I was like, I can't, I'm not capable of anything else at the moment. And so I just like finished watching that and Orko dies in, in that. And then, but then comes back, right. Um, he's brought back and everybody like, it's, it's like, there's sort of a thing at the end because evil Lynn is, is, uh, Orko sacrifices himself, but then is like sort of restored in this way, but like only temporarily. Um, and then, you know, he's gonna, you know, go back to, to sort of nothingness at the end of it. But then Lynn is, is kind of like, no, like you're not, you're not going to die today and, and grabs him and, and, you know, brings him back. And there was just that moment. It was like, this is like right in the midst. Like, as I said, like, like my, my dad had just died. So it hit me hard. Like that hit me really, really hard. And every time I've watched it since it's like, it hits me hard again. Cause I've watched revelation all the way through, I think three times now. Um, and I'll go back, I'll start it again. And then I'll, and then go into revolution and watch revolution again. Uh, when I do a rewatch, but I, I, it has also like sort of cemented this version of, of He-Man as a very uh, important uh, uh, show for me, I guess. Um, So I hope we're getting more. It's, it's unclear. I think at this point, I don't, I don't think um, Motu revolution part two. Let's see if there's any news. I don't, I don't think that there's any, will there be a follow-up to revelation is masters of sequel. Yeah. Uh, comic book resources. Will it happen? Uh, let's see what CBR has to say. This is from six days ago. The answer is complicated. So he-man Skeletor will be back on the streamer for season two. Uh, so this one, this is from Joshua M. Patton over on comic book resources. Let's see. 
Season one of the series tells a tight, thrilling story that picks up right where Masters of the Universe Revolution Revelation left off two years ago. Revelation hit the streamer in two parts back in July and November 2021, but its reception was a little different. The series was one of the best He-Man stories ever told, as it was the first one to take these characters seriously while trying to maintain what made them fun. The final five episodes of Revelation fe featured He-Man and Skeletor in every single episode with an epic story that moved the character's status quo forward for the first time in animation. Uh, Revolution does the same thing, but season one told a complete story. Unfortunately, a five-episode season two is not waiting in the wings to drop. If audiences want one more of He-Man, Sorceress Tila, and the rest of, of the Attorney and Band of Heroes, they'll have to keep streaming and be patient. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, I love this. Despite this is this is such great insight. Despite the fact the original He-Man and Masters of the Universe series used used to end with thirty-second stingers teaching a moral lesson about sensitivity and inclusion, some modern fans felt Revelation was He-Man gone woke. I, yeah, nonsense, nonsense. He-Man was always woke. I let's see let's see yeah yeah so there's not really there's not really much else unfortunately that's not the case though showrunner kevin smith said the shortened episode order may have helped revolution play better for the audience uh yeah <sighs> i would love to get another five episodes of revolution but then another 10 episodes of something new um but we'll see we'll have to wait and see um we'll just have to kind of sit back and and find out when we find out but i uh, i'm hopeful the reception for revolution has been much much more positive i think because people now have their expectations set appropriately i think that's a big part of it but i think also because because the story did focus more on he-man um and it was a lot of fan service with the Gwildor stuff and with Skeletech and Keldor and all that i mean like this is massive massive he-man fan service so i yeah Hopefully that means that it's, you know, been doing well. I'm going to stream it again uh, so that so that they know that I'm going to watch it over and over and over. And I'll go back and I'll watch Revelation again so that they know that, you know, this all matters to us. I, you know, if if you haven't watched it, and you listen to me spoil the hell out of it. Um, it is worth the watch anyways. Now, I mean, like if you don't have the nostalgia for He-Man, I don't know. I don't know how much it's really going to be impactful. I do still think it's a they're very solid stories, regardless. Um, so check them out if that's up your alley. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys so much for supporting Thunderquack. Uh, in all of these different ways whether it's on patreon or just by you know rating review sharing all of that sort of thing it means so much to us uh and with all the stuff that i've got planned it means more than ever right now um but i i yeah i guess i will just close off and just and just say i really really hope that we can get to that 200 a month um so that so that joe and i can commit to weekly episodes of thunder quack and i'll commit to weekly episodes of off the record and we can we can build stuff up uh, it, and and i will also say again if you're already supporting on patreon um but you you want to contribute more there are two different things that you could do if you're currently a monthly subscriber do the annual um like if you're already a monthly at five do the annual if you are um 
if you are one of the $1 subscribers, you can increase that pledge, but you can, and that one's really simple. Cause then you're just like changing from, I think spark was the tier and you're just going to the, the, the Thunderquack membership, which I think used to be Jolt. Um, but if you are already at $5 a month, you can go in on the website and you can actually edit your pledge and you can increase your pledge to a higher amount. And even if, even if you went in and you just did it like a dollar, I, it, you know, every, every bit's going to count. Every bit's going to get us closer. We're not that far away. We're just a little bit over $40 away. Right. So, uh, $44 away, right. 156. Yeah. $44 away. So like that really, like if eight people can, can pledge at five bucks, um, it's going to get us there. You know, I, so I don't think that that's crazy. I think, I think we can get there. I think we can all do it together. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it would be great if we can get there. It'll, it'll, it'll put us back into a spot where financially I like it's, it's, it's not going to cost me anything. Um, and, uh, and, and then we can start building from there. So, uh, with that, thank you guys again for listening. Thank you again for supporting. And I will see you again before the end of the month with a bonus episode of Off the Record exclusively on Patreon, along with all of the other bonus episodes that have gone up. Um, where I'll be talking about whatever it is you guys want me to talk about. Currently, uh, you know what? Let's just before before I just sign off finally, let me let me just tease it a little bit. Cause I'll, I'll bring it up and, and tell you where, where the voting is at currently. Um, cause we're, we're, we've actually got a little bit of a stalemate. So I need, I need the patrons to go in there. And if you, if you become a patron, you can, you can, uh, you know, move the needle on this one. So here are the choices, star Wars, MCU, DCEU, Jurassic park, back to the future, fast and the furious, teenage mutant Ninja turtles, power Rangers, dragon ball, and Sonic the hedgehog right now in the lead with four votes is the DCEU. So I'll definitely be talking about that, but we have a three-way tie between Jurassic park, back to the future and power Rangers at, at three votes each. So, that's where we're currently sitting with that. I, mm, I, I mean, like, could I just talk about all four? Probably, I, I could do it. I could do it. It would be a very long episode. But, um, what I'll likely do is just end up maybe picking one of those that I want to drop. Uh, but uh, yeah, go go to Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack, um, and uh, and pledge that that poll is only available to patrons because it is a patron bonus. So. Um, so you got to become a patron first, but become a patron and then vote. And then you, you guys will get the bonus episode at the end of the month. Um, with me talking about the top three topics on that list. Uh, that's it for this episode. I'll be back at the end of the month. And then hopefully after that, every week, if we can get to $200, but until then, thank you guys for listening and stay frosty. Yeah.